0: Hi, hello. Uh, So, Dinkar, this is a a continuation of our last conversation. So, to just do a quick recap of 15 seconds, we were talking about um, how we met uh, a high performance team which had excellent engineering excellence metrics. And uh, they were uh, elite on Dora uh, scale, they were also excellent on technical debt and other aspects. Now, the question was, despite all of their achievement, the business was feeling there is something missing and they wanted to like, improve things. Uh, from such an envious position, it was very difficult to imagine that they are struggling, but the struggle was real. And we concluded last time that it is, it is not enough that engineering metrics are showing the full picture you need to also comprehensively think about whether the business outcomes are being met or not. And to do that, we need to bring, first of all, the business that is product and business together with the engineering, find the ownership and make sure that they agree upon the metrics and how to achieve them. There was one critical concept you brought to the table, which is it's not good enough to know what metrics, but also how to put those metrics in the context of team. And you call that, Um, the modeling of metric. So uh, let's talk about modeling of metric today.
1: Sure, a quick uh, recap, right? Uh, For the business, we do recommend that uh, you should have metrics which belong to uh, these categories, ideally have for all four. If not for all four, at least try to have it uh, for, uh, you know, three, uh, most as much as possible. So then comes the next question, uh, such in that uh, people have asked us is, can you give us examples of these metrics? And I have shared, uh, and I think at some point maybe we should share it with the larger audience also. Over years we have collected around 600, 700 uh, metrics that different uh, you know type of products have been using. And uh, as as part of answering that question, as we were researching. We realized that um, there are certain characteristics about these uh, metrics, and we started calling them fitness metrics. Yes. And uh, now the question comes: What is a fitness metric? And I want to address the first aspect of a fitness metric, that a fitness metric uh, is a should be well modeled. Now, the reason I want to pick up that one is because well modeling of a metric can also be actually handled. Um, for any kind of uh, metric right so let's kind of quickly look at what does it mean uh, to properly model a metric right now um, w- what i mean by a fully model metric is that if you take today for example right someone is going to say that uh, let let's take an example right um, we have built a web app which uh, opens up let's say a form to uh, a potential customer uh, provides uh, some you know maybe it's a landing page it provides some key information dynamically put together based upon the user and how they where they are coming from all those parameters probably it has a form with someone fails. and uh, the aim of this uh, web app is to have very good conversion for example right now most of the time, uh, you know, and I had some experience uh, in my uh, previous uh, life uh, in advertising, and everyone is just focused on that, right? This is what our, yeah. you know, conversion ratio should be, CTR, CTRs, yeah, or cost to acquisition cost. Uh, uh, but if you look at it from that perspective, right, uh, the 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 most basic modeling people do is they put a face value and they put a uh, unit. Um, and uh, this is where I think that uh, if it's not modeled properly, it can lead to some misleading behaviors. It can lead to some uh, no, it can lead to uh, some uh, un- undesired behaviors in the sense that people may try to optimize the metric in a way that does not help the final outcome, right. And one way of uh, avoiding that is by modeling it properly. So what does that mean? The first thing that I want to talk about is um, the uh, industry reference, right? Uh, Now, someone who is thinking of a metric should have a very good clarity on, for similar product, built probably by similar team or applicable in certain domain or some, you know, segment of users, what is happening elsewhere, right? You should be aware of what's happening in that industry. So you may choose to overperform. You may choose to achieve that. Or maybe if you're far behind, you may say that, you know, I just want to at least reach, you know, 20% close to that reference, right? But knowing what is happening is very important because then you don't set unrealistic goals for yourself. And one of our popular example for this is for lead time. For a web app, or for a uh, retail uh, website, deploying multiple times a day makes sense. That's a good, and that's what the industry reference also talks about. But if you are building a data platform, which uh, um, has demographics data in it, which is used by an algorithm to decide to give someone a loan or reject someone a loan, it goes through so much of testing. It goes through so much of regulatory checks. It goes through a lot of Business risk analysis—it goes through a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, opportunity. You know, uh, you know, making sure that you're not discriminating against set of you. So many checks happen that deploying multiple times a day is neither an expectation of the business nor is it practically possible. So what you look at around the industry and you'll say, hey, typically in our banking industry, lead time for such platform tends to be three months. Right. So importance, that's the importance of understanding your industry reference. The second thing is you should always talk about, um, you know, where you are today. Right. Yeah. So just saying that, you know, I want, uh, let's say I want a conversion rate of 50 percent. And you say that, you know, we are going to build this and, you know, we are going to hit it as soon as it goes live. Does not really make sense. You need to know where you are today. Yeah. And what that means is and you cannot take just yesterday i was at this or sometimes someone yeah. may try to act very smart and say in past six months during diwali i had the best uh, sales so i'll take that day as a baseline and tell everyone we have to do better than
0: that right yeah. so base uh, yeah sorry right. sorry to interbringe but uh, you bring a very crucial point and in my mind there are some rule of Uh, like there are some standard rules which we can follow and principles or guidelines you would say uh, for baselining your baselining should be uh, average of a longer period so if your business is looking at uh, monthly or quarterly uh, go at least couple of quarters if you are doing monthly go at least six months in the past and the reason for that is if there is any cyclical nature of your business which um, as you uh, picked out uh, diwali or black friday in case of uh, northern hemisphere or uh, in europe uh, there are in summer people actually do a lot more shopping um, it, it's it's like you need to identify these uh, periods and then make sure that yes you include them but there are some technology behaviors engineering behaviors associated with them for example in a retail company in Mm -hmm. North America at least, you would not want to deploy one day before Black Friday sale. Two weeks before, you you freeze your code. It is not about Elite. It is not about Dora. It is nothing about any surprises. It is just that they want a rock-solid system in place for Black Friday. And uh, uh, for you remember, uh, one of our company was uh, into fitness, and for them, the first week of january was the best week of the year so <laughs> they don't want to deploy anything uh, before like after christmas they want everything to be de- uh, frozen by mid december because you don't want to surprise uh, have any surprises which you haven't accounted for so um, baselining is something which you should have uh, on a couple of quarters couple, or a few months and make sure that if there is a such event happens At least it is factored in. Right. Yeah, new year
1: resolution is a very big uh, (laughs) sales driver for certain organizations, right? So, uh, you know, so that's why, you know, um, baselining yourself is very important. Then comes, you know, after you have baseline, then we should talk about success marker and threshold of failure. So success marker, we all know. Hey, today I'm at 20% conversion rate. We are going to build this. web app which is going to give very contextual information latest information dynamically stitched together the form will pre-fill as much as possible so it's minimum yeah you know clicks for the user you make all of this and you know we should reach 80 percent so that becomes your success marker but then comes uh, the conversation around uh, failure and this is where everyone gets uncomfortable and no one wants to talk and that's why Having this conversation and that being part of the model is very important. And what does failure mean? So for example, uh, this organization have said that after stitching this together, uh, based on our analysis, looking at, uh, you know, industry references, I've talked to a couple of other uh, of my colleagues who have done these kind of things. it's like, we should be hitting 80%. Now let's say that event happens, it's all there, but the conversion rate instead of 80 is 79. So I want to ask that team, have you failed? No, of course. We, we are successful. 79, 80, that's okay. Okay, what if it was 70%? Good, we're not there, but we have made it. We're coming from 20, right? What about 60%? Little uncomfortable. We shouldn't be at 60%. Let's go back. Let's involve the designers. Let's involve uh, you know user research people. Are we missing something? Did we miss some clue? What if it goes to 50%? No, this is not doable. 50%, you know, uh, I'll go and bang at the door of the product management team, at the user designers, technology team, look at is page loading faster or not. We'll do a lot of investigation. What if it is at 40%? Are you kidding? You know, we were at 20%, we spent $1 million, and if I'm going to give 40%, I'm going to lose my job. And that I tell that person is that's your threshold of failure. And it's very important to know the threshold of failure. And the first time I started discussing with this, and a lot of engineering managers became a little uncomfortable. And the common refrain I hear is, response I hear is that, the moment I define threshold of failure, people will just make sure they're above it. But there's a timeline component to it, right? It's not that I just need to stay about. But if you're not growing regularly, if you're not improving regularly, if you're just staying about the, you know, some, threshold of failure or at some level over a period of time, that's where the definition of threshold of failure is not just that if we do not hit this criteria, because sometimes things may go bad. Sometimes you know you are on your step to improvement, you are at that. But if you stay near that threshold for a prolonged period of time, and how much is that is totally dependent upon as you called out, right? If the cyclic nature is monthly, then maybe a couple of months. If it's daily, then a couple of days. If it's quarterly, then like that, right? Depending yeah. upon the nature of
0: the <laughs> So, I think that there is one element which I would like to add. The, the reason why threshold of failure, um, it should be seen differently in my mind. The reason why threshold of failure exists is not to say your work has failed or you didn't meet your target. You always have a metric let's say we want to have conversion ratio based on the improvements which we drive in our engineering. I am responsible for, let's say, search aspect of my products on e-commerce site. If we know uh, our top five successful uh, categories have a conversion ratio of between uh, 8 and 11%. I'm just making up numbers. So for any, any product to call Itself, like it is meeting that baseline of eight to eight to eleven. Uh, if if it is going there, that means the product is coming in our top performers. Mm-hmm. If it is between four to eight percent, that means the product actually is not in high demand, but but people search for that and there is a conversion ratio for it. Um, and there are other aspects of like some like essential products. You search, you add. It's like surf Excel. You don't wait for that. Oh, and let me compare that and all that stuff. If you are searching for Surf Excel, there is 90% chance you are buying it. But Mm. if you are buying, let's say, for shoes, uh, there is a pretty good chance that you are first going to look at shoes and then compare the prices and all that stuff. So in my mind, people should not associate threshold of failure with threshold of team. It is the threshold of that particular hypothesis to reassess their assumptions or change of ways of uh, like certain technical aspects or story or scope. Um, There could be N number of things which could participate in making that measurement go positive or negative. The threshold is only necessary for people to go and have a conversation why this threshold is not going up. Our hypothesis was it was supposed to go up.
1: Right. And uh, you know, just to want to call out that we have not been sponsored by SurfXL. That was just a random thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind being sponsored by Surf Excel. Jinka, <laughs> Probably they probably um, want
0: yeah. us to wear white t-shirts that day. And, Jinka, and... I mean, uh, we are not even in the same ballpark of SurfXL business. <laughs> 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 Nobody thought that we are actually <laughs> being sponsored by Surf Excel. But by the way, SurfXL, it is not product which is uh, sponsored, but I go to Amazon to buy Surf Excel uh, and it is not sponsored by Amazon too. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: so, and uh, and you call that very important, right? The threshold of failure, it's not the failure of the team, it's the failure of that feature, that failure of that hypothesis that drove the implementation of that feature when that feature hit the market. And what to do if that happens, right? Exactly. Uh, do we pivot? Uh, do we just... Uh, kill, uh, right? Sunk cost, kill it. Or do we go back and do more user research? And that's why comes the next important part of modeling of that metric is the remediation plan. When things go wrong, that's the worst time to go and start thinking, how should we react? Because then a lot of, you know, instincts come in like, blame someone else, not my problem. Someone else uh, is at fault. uh, I didn't get this information, we don't have this tool. Totally non-productive, right? System one thinking really takes you, takes time for people to click in system two thinking where you're looking at things analytically. So it's better that you have a plan upfront which everyone sits together and agrees that if this goes wrong, that means uh, our hypothesis was wrong or our belief that this feature will is needed at this point, is needed at this scale, is needed uh, at all to deliver this value, or even the way we have implemented it, it does not deliver the value and probably the implementation or a design number two might be needed, right? So this remediation plan becomes very important, right? And wherever all of these things are coming in, the as I said, right, when things go bad, nobody wants to own the problem, everyone wants to blame. So it's good that you have an ownership matrix upfront a very typical thing is to do a racy who's responsible, uh, who's accountable, who should be consulted, who should be informed. But some ownership metric that uh, if things are going wrong, this is the person who will lead the investigation, for example. This is the person who will kickstart the analysis, who will figure out things, who will come up and explain to everyone what went wrong so corrective measures can be yeah. taken. For this person, to be given all the information who are the people who are responsible for giving all the information timely information cooperating so that this person can make that analysis and when things are going wrong who needs to be informed what need who needs to be considered all of this has to fall into place so if we look at it uh, right uh, so a metric should not just be hey um 80% ctr uh, 80% conversion it should be We are today at 20% conversion with this new capability that we are pushing. We hope to reach 80% uh, in, but uh, if we are unable to go beyond 40% for a couple of weeks, that means things have drastically gone wrong. And uh, this is responsibility of Sachin to go and figure out that do we need to pivot? Do we need to kill this feature? Or did we get some hypothesis totally wrong? Do we need to go and do some user research? All those things. And Sachin will work with these these, these teams to make that happen uh, because we should, because the success metric we have chosen is a sane one because we know what others are doing. We have an idea about the industry reference. So something has gone wrong, which we need to investigate it. And uh, that's why the fully modeled metric is so important rather than just saying that. 80% conversion rate.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's a very valid point is uh, if that method happens, the ownership is defined very well, then rather than people uh, start identifying faults of other ownership members, it will be a very productive steps to make sure that it goes into the right direction. So uh, that's very wonderful.
1: And probably in the next conversation, we should talk about other aspects, what makes a fitness metric the right kind of metrics, why yeah. a big multivariate is important, why focusing on outcome is important, and maybe we can cover those in the next one. This was very yeah. good, uh, Sachin, I think you asked a question. I'm obviously very passionate about because given my product management experience and uh, focus uh, on metrics, and to the extent uh, there are a lot of organization that you know, specifically say no to KPIs because people get so obsessed with that singular number that uh, the outcome kind of vanishes and just achieving that number becomes very critical. And it works in certain scenarios. It's very, uh, it has totally different effect in other scenarios. So I I believe part of that is because the metric has not been modeled properly. So uh, very interesting subject. Uh, Thanks for bringing this up.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: Take care, Sachin. See you next time.
0: Bye-bye.